1: Hardy's Signature Frisco Burger and Frisco Breakfast Sandwich are the kind of goodness people drive across town for. Classic favorites on a toasted sourdough bun. Only at Hardy's Goodness in the making. Participation may vary. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine. Delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromised durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thank This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Chelsea,
0: Chelsea, Chelsea. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. It's Monday, hope you've started your week off well. Quite an episode to start the week uh, today and not the first time Chelsea make us look silly. Not going to be the last in terms of transfer news. I mean, they've, looked, they've made us look very silly this season in terms of the results we've seen, but... This, of course, regards Manuel Ugarte. I'm sure you've seen the news by now. Chelsea pulling out of the race to sign the Sporting Lisbon midfielder when reports over the past week suggested Chelsea were very serious and potentially could win the race against PSG for Ugarte's signature. But we're going to go into some of the details. The background, why this isn't just about a player and potentially relates to the multi-club model. What does that say about Chelsea's ownership? My thoughts on it. And also, what do Chelsea do now in the transfer window as they clearly want to sign a central midfielder? We're also going to talk a little bit about N'Golo Kante, his future, because that contract still has not been signed and, and potentially he could still leave Chelsea in the next few weeks, the next few months, which would be quite staggering, really, given some of the reports we have seen in recent months. If you are new around here, want to see the latest Chelsea content and the usual twists and turns that come with the transfer window, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on so you don't miss any of the content. Please do hit that like button if you're enjoying the content because it helps the channel out as well. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. So as we know, Chelsea pulled out of the race to sign Manuel Ugarte from Sporting Lisbon. Some background on this from Ben Jacobs is that sources have indicated that Ugarte agreed on PSG's personal terms days ago. Chelsea's perspective is that they pulled out because they didn't want to pay above market value for Ugarte, even though the player was keen to move to Chelsea. Important to reflect this side, PSG's personal terms to Ugarte were indeed more lucrative, but as reported throughout, I'm told they are under €5 million a year. PSG sources argue they didn't budge from their offer and instead Sporting tried to put pressure on Ugarte to pick Chelsea because that offer structure was more preferable to the Portuguese club. Part of the reason why they were probably pushing if you believe the LaKeep report uh, is that Chelsea apparently we're going to invest in Sporting Lisbon, which is quite remarkable when we think of transfer negotiations. But Ben Jacobs does state that Chelsea have denied that Lake report suggesting a promise of investing in Sporting was made as any part of any Ugarte negotiation. PSG points to the timing of the withdrawal after that story materialized, but neither club wants to get into a war of words. Just a little bit more background on that reporting that I saw after I uploaded my show last night. Colin Miller reporting um, that Chelsea claimed they were outbid on wages while PSG insists Chelsea's reproach would have fallen foul of transfer regulations. Chelsea's remarkable play to offer a stake in sporting as part of, of the Ugarte transfer was always likely to come under close scrutiny. As reported last year, Boli wants to buy a Portuguese club. So this does relate and has a bit more background to it if we think about the multi-club model that Chelsea's new ownership is looking to pursue. Porto Menense, another Portuguese club, Chelsea... Uh, reportedly wanted to buy there have been other names listed not just in portugal so when you throw it in like that i mean it does sound a little bit crazy we've have, you know george mendes involved in the deal and and that always gets into quite dicey waters and chelsea maybe you know wanting to, to pull out not just because of that i mean we did hear reports last week in terms of the wage structure type thing of chelsea being concerned on that front uh, so, there could be more to it. I think, again, when you have Bowley's name being thrown up into the conversation and you have criticism of Chelsea doing these wild things in the transfer window, it does, you know, very much fuel that sort of um, narrative around this Chelsea ownership being a little bit wild, a little bit frantic, and doing things that are not the norm and maybe not helping Chelsea's reputation. So I guess, again, it comes down to who do you believe in these reports? Do you believe that it's just a case of PSG beating Chelsea out on certain terms? And and that's why Chelsea pulled out. Or have Chelsea pulled out because reports have emerged regarding this kind of very weird sense of of actually investing in the club when when you're trying to just buy the player? Uh, In terms of the player, I felt he would have been a good get for Chelsea uh, based on what we've read, based on you know what Chelsea need this summer. And I think that's what we go into the next stage of this. It's not the end of the world that Chelsea do, do not sign Manuel Ugarte. I mean, I've kind of distanced myself from the Twitter timeline. I do post on Twitter, so I, I don't really know how outraged people are. I can imagine because everyone gets outraged about everything all the time that people think this is like the end of the world because Chelsea haven't got a deal over the line. I mean, I I don't think it's as drastic as that. I mean, you win some, you lose some in transfer negotiations. I always think in these type of situations, it's what's the, the plan B? How can you move quickly to potentially get a better deal in the transfer market? And, uh, you know, what are those contingency plans if you can't get a deal over the line? That's just, you know, the reality. And it doesn't really derail Chelsea's plans, you know, massively. Um, it seems like completely now Chelsea are, are distancing themselves, or at least just aren't being linked at all to Declan Rice, who, you know, has Bayern Munich interest, has Arsenal interests, has other interests too. So now, you you know, you move on to the, to the next target, and that target apparently is Moises Casado. Nizar Contello reporting that Chelsea focus on Casado transfer bid after ending Manuel Ugarte talks. He said Chelsea will try ahead of Arsenal and Liverpool for Casado as they rebuild their midfield under new head coach Mauricio Pochettino. Casado could cost more than 80 million. After establishing himself as one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, Chelsea are optimistic, though they can reach a deal for Casado, and are thought to have discussed a move for him in talks with Brighton over Le- Levi Colwell. Chelsea, of course, rejected a 30 million bid for Colwell from Brighton last week and have insisted the defender is not for sale. Casado is a Premier League proven, you know, I think very dynamic, mobile midfielder that would, in some ways, you know, you can match those two players up, Ugarte and Casado and say maybe Casado is a better fit because he has that Premier League experience, which is very valuable, but does cost you a bit more. It does feel like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? Particularly when we when we were bringing up Levi Carwell, that he could be brought into the negotiation and he could go permanently to Brighton and we get one of their players for a big fee. We're right back at the mock Correa negotiations 12 months ago, which is just crazy. I did say in, in yesterday's show that I don't think you should be put off completely by Moises Casado because Marco Correa didn't work out. Hear that? That's
1: the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromised durability, impressive power, whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This <laughs> is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet.
0: Because, you know, I think that Moises Casado is a very, very good player. And from what I've seen, again, I have a lot more knowledge of Moises Casado than I do of of Manuel Ugarte. But, you know, I I do think that he ticks a lot of boxes again in terms of that energy and mobility and, and, and also... An ability to kind of play in different positions. But you need someone who's going to eat up a lot of ground. I really do from what Chelsea need. They need aggression. They need physicality. These sound like basic words. And I know some people get annoyed when you describe certain players like this. Or kind of uh, prioritize these things. But these are things that Chelsea's midfield have clearly lacked in recent years you need that aggression you need that physicality as good of a team as brighton are and i think technically Casado is is very underrated at that that to be honest i think he's played some brilliant passes and i think is part of the way they build up But part of what makes brighton such a ferocious team to come up against is their physical side they are a well-drilled team that can outrun you and also outpass you and, and outthink you too. It's not just a case of having nice, aesthetically pleasing technical players. They have good technical players. Mauricio Pochettino will want to have good technical players. You know, that is kind of a broad thing at the top level. It's those kind of ingredients that Chelsea, I think, have lacked that have mean they've been overwhelmed at times in such a key area in central midfield. It looks like Alexis uh, McAllister is is going to be moving on to Liverpool in the next week. And that is a player that I, I don't think Chelsea should be in for because I don't think it's a profile midfielder that Chelsea desperately need. I mean, Liverpool need several midfielders. They don't just need a defensive midfielder. They quite clearly need a rebuild. You could argue, of course, Chelsea are looking to do the same thing but I think in terms of what we need, in terms of what I'm I'm looking for this summer, it's a very specific type of midfielder. It's someone who is going to be able to break up, play and play in a deeper area and be able to cover for others. And Casado, you know, again, you you can look at players in, in different ways and say they don't all operate in the same way. When we were saying in January, you know, Casado... Um, I'm trying to think who else was linked, but we spoke about Casado. We spoke about uh, Basuma, I think, at the time from Spurs and also Enzo Fernandez. And, and I stressed at the time that Enzo Fernandez is not the same as Moises Casado. But I think, you know, those two in a central midfield make a lot more sense and are more balanced. And that is the key word, I think, for Chelsea. So we will see. Listen, it, it's... The transfer window is still very early. We haven't even got the fixtures out yet. And that always feels like a telling moment in the summer. And it's... um. I also think I've you know having discussion with Chelsea fans it is so much about selling players that I think we still have to get back to that because until a lot of these players move on until Chelsea drastically cut down a squad as we saw this season we can be as excited and I know why people love the dopamine hit of a new transfer but that doesn't mean it's going to be successful unless you have a squad that is manageable for a coach like Pochettino without Champions League football remember without any European football then you can bring in all the talent in the world you like if it's jumbled if it's bloated if there are players having to you know basically sit out games and sit out match day squads consistently on on large fees you're going to have major problems and that's what chelsea have encountered I like the fact that Chelsea are at least looking in the areas that I think are very important. I think that central midfield is of importance. You have to try and recruit in there. I'm not having a go at in terms of where Chelsea are trying to prioritise. We know striker is probably the next one uh, beyond that and goalkeeper. It's it's quite clear those three positions, if Chelsea are going to sign players this summer, those are the three most obvious areas of, of need. But we need to start to lose some players too. Uh, because until that happens, I think that that still is for me a, a concern when you're you're trying to bring in new ones as well. Another player that could be moving on, one of those that could leave and um, that won't please people, is N'Golo Kante. And this is also from Nazar that he's targeted uh, for Saudi Arabia transfer as Chelsea uncertainty grows. Lionel Messi is in talks over a £320 twenty million a year move to Saudi Arabia in what would be the most lucrative salary deal in the history of football. Kante is attractive to the Saudis because he is viewed as a Muslim role model. Ronaldo's Al Nasir and one of the clubs interested in the France World Cup winner while Benzema's Al Itahad uh, are also said to be keen on a move. So we're seeing now a flurry of players this, this year start to move to Saudi Arabia obviously where there is so much money to, to spend. And um, you know ngolo Kante, you think about a player who's had so many injury issues in his career in recent years and and what he's won and where he's been in his career i could understand from a career point of view and also let's just be blunt a financial point of view you have that you know lifestyle thrown at you you have that money thrown at you and i could understand at his age why he may want to move on um it, it's whether it, it's weird to me because it seemed like as recently, you know, as long back as kind of a Christmas time around those, it, it seemed like Chelsea had kind of progressed quite significantly with N'Golo Kante. And it seemed like it's going to kind of be a foregone conclusion. Kante will stay an extra year, at least an extra two years, dependent on, on the contract. But it seems like it, it's gone in the other direction. And, you know, I, I, I've gone back and forth in terms of, of why I think Kante, there are major concerns around his fitness. And that you can't rely on him for a season. You can't, Chelsea can't walk into next season still thinking that we have to pray that Kante stays fit because that's not a viable strategy anymore. That doesn't mean that he can't offer some brilliant performances um, but it means that Chelsea need to keep investing in in midfield and, and have players ready to take the mantle when he does leave Chelsea could be right now could be in a couple of years down the line when he signs if he signs that new contract but uh, it's understandable because you know Karim Benzema has already been attracted to it and Cristiano Ronaldo too don't not sure if, if Messi will um, because it seems like he wants to go back to Barcelona but It shows, you know, very much that there's an intent there and and Kante at the end of his career getting close to that can be given the money that he kind of wants and desires and uh, whether he wants to jump at that is obviously going to be a big question. So it means that Chelsea maybe have to be a little bit more proactive and and maybe goes back to the Ugarte thing of of not having that player, you know, because there were talks that even if Chelsea signed Manuel Ugarte, there'd still be a push to sign another central midfielder on top of that. Does that mean that without Ugarte? And if Kante leaves, are Chelsea looking to sign two midfielders still? I mean, and who would that other midfielder be if we're, if we're assuming that Casado is going to be one of the key targets? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Follow me on Twitter, at Chelsea. Make sure to give the, the podcast a positive rating. Review it really does help out. Subscribe, like, all of that good stuff. And I'll see you again very soon. All the best.
1: Podcast Network.